to another episode of Sawdust Nation Podcast, episode 122, with your host, Nap, Naps 90 Works LLC. Hey. We got Nick from MPG Creations. Yo. And myself, Josh from North Country Woodworking. Let's start off with Nap. Nap, what do you have going on in your shop? Why do you come right to me all the time? Oh my God. Okay, Nick, what do you got going no, on in your shop? Oh Talk at the same man. time. I'm just giving <laughs> you stuff. All right, so I ain't gonna lie. I just got off work like not even 20 minutes ago. I ran out into the garage and threw some things on the laser, uh, which in about three or four minutes. So after I'm done doing my shop stuff, I got to run back out there, throw another thing on there. It's a uh, repeatability, if you will. I ended up making a, a jig, like a little square jig in my laser out of a piece of plywood and two pieces of scrap wood because it's a repeatable laser job to where I just put the piece on, push start. But I got tired of lining that some, some B up. So I just threw that sucker in there, hit start, ran back in here, and I'm about to run back out there and do it again. Now, I've done this in the past, but I hadn't done it until now because I was like, okay, I'm tired of lining this, this stuff up. So I'm just going to go ahead and do this real quick. So that's going right now. Uh, it's actually the Heritage Board's job that I'm still trying to finish. I know everyone's probably tired of hearing of it, but I'm really just getting the stuff lasered on the back of it. Uh, and by stuff on the back, it's the, uh, the hanger holes. Uh, Going forward, I'm going to make sure I just make sure I see and see those in. Uh, not that it's a bad thing that I'm doing it this way. It's just taking a little more time than it needs to. Uh, so those will be done hopefully by the end of this week. Unfortunately, work, real work takes over. So I'll sleep and doing things, uh, well, we'll just say comes first before getting the shop stuff done. Um, on that, so Operation Air Force Ball Glasses is done. Uh, they finally gave me the final number, and I was able to finish the 450th one uh, this weekend. So 450 repetitious stemless wine glasses in a matter of a couple weeks um, with the help of my wife, which is pretty awesome. Uh, I got to say, though, um, as far as repetitive jobs are concerned on the rotary, that Roto Boss rotary, I tell you what, I bought that thing when I was in San Antonio, and I got to say the price tag, it may look like it's going to hurt your pocket, but the fact that I was able to repeat the process without having any questions on whether or not it was going to mess up or not, well, you could just throw those thoughts out the window. The The repeatability using that rotary is just outstanding. Uh, so if you use a roller style rotary, I would definitely take a look at Rotoboss. And I think it's at, at Rotoboss Rotaries on Instagram if you want to take a quick peek at them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's that. Um, I did finish... Uh, this this golf board, it's like a little golf, golf ball display board. I didn't have to paint it, stain or anything. I just had to make the board laser etch the disgusting Ohio State Buckeye symbol on it and set it on its way. Um, customer did paint it and or stained it and painted it, sent it to me, and it looks it looks good despite the fact it's that really nasty college logo on it. I did a couple things different than I'd done in the past to make it to where all the tees because he's got the kind of not like the typical like skinny tee with the We'll say what quarter inch, like little top end for that you set the ball on. It's mm-hmm. the thicker tee. It's like the half inch diameter uh, with like the small portion that you shove in the grass. Try not to mm-hmm. make this sound anything crazy for Nick to turn it around. So, uh, but I ended up putting like little standoffs in the middle of the laser job to where all of those tees will sit flush. So all of the golf balls will, well, they'll line up and it won't be a pain in the rear to um, mount anything on there. Set that out. I can't remember if I talked about the um, 
the mugs are not, but I did finish uh, two mugs and two sets of coasters, set those out. Um, I did finish a job for my dad. It was four decanters. Uh, my payment, so check this out. So we talk about this in the podcast sometimes about like having family pay for things. Like, do they pay full price? Do they pay material? How do they pay? Well, so how my dad paid me was he said, hey, I need you to laser edge four decanters for me. I was like, okay, I can do that. He's like, but I'm also going to send you 12 more with it. So you have those for your inventory. I was like, okay. So he paid me with extra material for later down the road. So if I do any custom decanter engravings, I already have all decanters sitting in my house. So I got those. Um, I got two jobs that I'm working on. A new concept for me, because I don't work with, with acrylic very often. Uh, but I did get some uh, gray acrylic from makerstock.com. And um, I'm using that to make a different type of job. Taking somewhat of a page out of Nick's book, but adding a twist to it. So I'm replicating a, uh, it's a bomb rack. And for those who don't know, it's something that the bombs go on. You know, they can drop them and, you know, they go boom. Well, boom, there's boom, a boom. side plate on them. There's a side plate. There are two side plates that sandwich all the components together. Well, I replicated a side, one side of the bomb rack or one side plate. And I did some laser engravings on it, painted the engravings black. And then I took a piece of half inch um, free 99 plywood that I got. And I made a, a standoff. So I did like an offset one inch and I did a standoff for it to where I can put an LED stripping on there. And with the battery pack and all that, and lighting, and you, know, you hit the switch and it lights it up and everything with the remote. And how I'm going to mount that is to a piece of 1316s oak, and I'm going to actually CNC out the pocket like all the way through, to where that stuff will just glue to the back of the standoff, but inside that piece of wood, so you can still hang it flat on the wall, and have like a cool like wall piece that you can turn on and off. Uh, it's battery powered, so no plug involved. Got two of those I'm making. One's a smaller one. One's an actual size um, replica. So those are in the works right now. And then, let's see. Working odd hours right now. So, like, right now I'm working uh, 11 o'clock to 7, 7.30, maybe 8, depending. Uh, today was more like 7.15 because I wanted to get back in time to get on the podcast. And uh, so here I am. I am still halfway in uniform, in, in fact, because I was literally running between the shop and this just to get here. Um, what else? Anything else going on? I got the um, a trophy for I got to make. It's not digitally January, so I'm not really too worried about like that one at this moment. But I am getting a bunch of free walnut, free cherry, and free oak uh, to make this particular thing. It's to commemorate uh, the yearly loading competition um, for each year they do it. So for those that aren't familiar, so yes, we load for a job, but we also try to see who the fastest loaders are, obviously as safe as possible, this, that, and the other. Uh, safe As safe and as proficient as possible, which you wouldn't believe that how fast people can actually load and still do it by the book. Uh, so they do that every quarter, and then they take the quarterly winners and they do a yearly load. And each year they compete against each other and they get this big old trophy that they get to display um, as they, you know, as, for, you know, for their winning, I guess, as their winnings. 
they don't get to keep it at their place of work because while well, people like to mess with things and break things, so it actually stays at the weapon standardization hangar, and it just has a plaque with their names on it with the year that they won. So I'm remaking that because the one that they have is relatively small, and we'll just say it needs some work. So I'm remaking one. So doing that, um, still got two shadow boxes coming up here in the future. I'm still waiting on the sketch for the improvement so I can start getting that thing together uh, for the one that's done where Nick works. And then I'm waiting for the individual to send me the pieces for the half Arnold one. Still, I was actually going to reach out to them here this evening and say, Hey, when are you going to send me the stuff? Because I kind of need to get cracking on your job. Um, I have a lot of lumber to burn through and to pay for that I bought. So, and on that, I got 45 more board feet of cherry in and 25 more board feet of walnut in for, you know, just for my inventory, but also to use. What's been kind of nice is that although I have jobs, not like Nick or Josh, well, maybe more Nick than Josh. I think Josh and I are probably at the same level of orders at this point, as far as like how many are due and when they're due. Um, I don't have to replenish my inventory or stock of wood as often as I used to, which I'm not too mad at, uh, especially with the cost of it here. You know uh, that now that you said that, <laughs> you're going to get hit with a large order, and now you're going to have to. That's okay. And I'm fine, but, but here's the thing. I like those kind of jinxes, okay? I'm good with that. Um, but that flag that I made for the chief is yet to be given because it's going away hasn't happened yet. So I expect when that thing is shown – and is seen by a lot of people from different areas of the base. It's going to probably spawn a little more work for me, which is completely fine. Um, I just got to, I'm going to keep in mind, I still got to space them out. And I got to know when to tell them no, because unfortunately my real job does come first. And my real job is more demanding than my previous job. So uh, other than that, I'll talk more stuff later is like far as, lasers, CNC's, and anything else we decide to talk about on the podcast. But I'm going to go ahead and kick it on over to Nick and see what's going on in his shop while I run out to my garage. Well, I built this hutch this last weekend. As you can see, it's made out of oak. No, I'm just playing. I didn't build it. I definitely did not build this hutch. However, I rescued it from uh, my neighbors. We're going to throw it away. And I was like, no, don't throw it away. I'll take it. So it's a brand. Almost it looks pretty new. Um, so I put my liquor in there. Why else would you, you know, why not, right? But other than that, um, I took a large order from Garrison Brothers this week, uh, this past week after the last podcast. So now I have to make um, uh, 300 coast or not coasters, uh, Christmas ornaments for the distillery. That's going to be fun. Some other some other various items that they want, but uh, the Christmas orders are well underway. I'm, I'm about done with 100 of them. I'll be delivering oh, wow. 100 this week. Yeah, I'll be de- delivering about 100 this week, this weekend, and then uh, the last 200 in the weeks to follow. So this way they have some inventory on hand. They can put it out. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so that's pretty lucrative. I'm finishing up a couple of shadow boxes and a couple of plaques this week, and I, I think I can kind of breathe a little bit. Not too much, but I can breathe a little easier than I'm getting these projects out of the way. Today or yesterday, we went looking at new houses. Yeah, dude, you, bro, you would not believe how how much houses are now down here. No, I believe it. Oh, no, I can believe it, especially with the interest rates right now. Oh, my God. 
Yeah, so there's you can buy points back. Um, you can buy points out for your interest. Um, whether or not it's worth it or not depends on how long you stay in the house. But uh, there's a there's a subdivision that's getting put in about uh, five miles down the road from where I'm at right now, and uh, they have three car garages. They actually have houses with three car garages and then single garages uh, on the other side of the house, like on the other end of the house. So you could put all your lawn equipment and all the various Christmas ornaments and storage materials in there in the one the one car garage. And then the three car garage, you have a shop. Boom. Right? No, no, no. The one car you put the lumber in and then you use the three well, car yeah, for your shop. That's true. I, w- I would put a bunch of – I would put uh, a lot of my sheet goods and stuff in there. Um if that was the case, but I think we're—I th- I don't think we're going to get the—I don't even know if we're going to get the house, but because there a lot of them, you have to—you have to like, or you have to design with the builder, and then they build it. So they have the pre-designed plans that you can go through and pick and choose what you want. So Kelly, my wife, is pretty adamant about some things, like a large kitchen with a couple islands. I'm like, a couple islands? We need a couple for. You get stranded on one, you're going to have to like take a life raft to the other. <laughs> um, but like, you know, that stuff's not important. It's about the garage, man. It's about the shop. So the, the one house I did walk through, the garage was completely finished. Like they didn't even have doors on it. It was just a, another big room. And I'm like, man, if I could get one garage door on there and have that completely finished, like open space with the laminate flooring and mm-hmm. man, that would be legit, wouldn't it? Yeah. Actually, it would be, and I'm gonna tell you what to to double down on your uh, your thought of it's all about the garage. I kid you not. When we were looking for houses up here, I told the wife, "Like I don't care what the rest of the house looks like as long as the garage is decent." Like I even told a realtor that I was like, "Hey, I just want a big garage. That's all I want: two car and, garage uh, and shack." Well, so yeah. I know everybody's like, "Oh, well, you're probably gonna grow out of it," but you know what though. Uh, I really have a feeling that uh, that all with all the equipment I have crammed in my two car garage right now, it'll actually look normal with inside of a three car garage, and I can have actually a station for like a desk down there to keep like order forms and stuff like that, and and you know just whatever. I just I will uh, I will await the day that I see that level of organization, Nick. <laughs> what are you talking about, my garage? Having order forms in a uh, a nice little little stack. I, I still know his order form. It's a piece of paper, a bunch of stuff on it. Cross. <laughs> no, that, that used to that used to be the way, but uh, now everything is all digital. So working it, we'll see see what happens. How's that avid coming, bud? It's it's built. It's just it needs wiring finished, and then um, I need to connect the air the air to the the tool changer. And I have the air compressor sitting in the laundry room right now, keeping it out <laughs> of the dust. But I'm honestly, sure so that. check it out. Check it out. So if I did own this house eventually, right, um, I could vent through the wall outside to, out to the outside of the house with my laser. I could potentially run a dust collector outside. Since it's in the back of the house, you can actually like add to the back of the house with like a like a little wood shack and put my air compressor out there. Also, cool. put my my dust collector out there. You know, and and then there's it's really. I've got a lot of ideas to help like keep it keep it dust free as well as well mitigate dust as well as keep the the square footage usage more uh, efficient. 
Because right now, so I can't. I'm renting. So if I wanted to vent through the wall, I could. And then the rent, or and then the you know the property manager would be mad because I cut a hole in the wall. <laughs> yeah. And the siding, you know. Um, I could also run the air compressor through the wall to like another room, but then the rest of the house you, you'd hear it. So I've got the sixty-gallon air compressor. I would love to mitigate that and not have to hear it when it kicks on all the time. It'd just be like a low hum through the wall, you know. That'd be and, nice, uh, right? And then, so th- also these houses, the the neighborhood is like it's on acres, so each house is on acreage. So it's not like you're slammed right up next to somebody, you know, like the house I'm at right now, we're literally like 12 feet away from the house that's next to us. It's pretty annoying, especially for noise. Like noise pollution is a big deal. I, I'm i probably the worst offender in the neighborhood because <laughs> I don't sure, care. Like, I'm sure people hear that thing like down down the block. No, so I've actually heard my, my CNC going and I was at the mailbox and that's down the street around the corner. And, but it's, it's just a light wine, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, so it's not it's not enough to really, like, keep people up. But if you're like literally right next to me then or right across the street from me, you can definitely hear it. So I hope they enjoy that. But, um, yeah, man, that's pretty much all that's going on in my world. Um, just keeping my, my head above water and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done, right? That's what they say. Yeah, nice. I see what you did there. That's yeah. Good. All right, so I'm I'm done with what's going on in my shop now. I'm going to pass it on over to Josh because uh, at the moment he's not coughing, so he should be able to tell you what's going on around his shop. So yeah, Josh, I'm kind of getting on. better. I still have a cough here and there, but you know, I'm getting good enough where I can have a conversation and I die at the end. But uh, it's been actually a pretty busy uh, shop time. I just haven't been posting much because my phone camera decided to you know die. Like completely die, like can't download do? another app. Just stop working. Don't know what I brought it into the store, and they were like, "Yeah, it's hardware. Like it's 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 time. Send it off to greener pastures. Time to get a new phone." So <clears throat> I got my new phone in today. I'll be sending it up tonight. So hopefully, I'll be able to start doing the Instagram thing and posting. And I have a bunch of pictures and stuff from my wife's phone. I'm going to transfer to my phone and. We're going to go from there. So uh, I have been doing uh, projects left and right. I was selling some old stuff, old stock, trying to get that out. I marked it down 20%. Got some people interested, um, which is kind of cool because, well, once that's gone, you know, I can fill it up again and keep doing the same. And that's stuff that's already made, so I don't have to worry too much about it. Maybe add engraving here and there, but that's about it, right? Um, I have a plaque I'm going to be doing, uh, they want it painted. So I'll be doing some painting again. It's been a minute, so that should be fun. Still trying to talk them into acrylic just because I think it would look better, but, um, they're pretty set on the painting. So we'll go ahead and do that. I just finished the shadow box today. That'd be shipping to Florida. I need to be down there before the fourth. So let's hope that it gets down there in time. I will be having UPS package it for, for uh, insurance reasons, I found that that is the best way. You know, I talk to the clients every time. And on my website now, I have an upcharge for um, shadow boxes for that fee, which is around $25, give or take. And every time I mention why I do it to the action provider, they're all in agreement. They're willing to pay the extra $25 to ensure their product gets there on time, or not on time, but uh, in one piece. And if it doesn't, it's on whatever delivery service. 
So um, it benefits me and it benefits the client. And I can't argue that logic. So, and you know, for a large, you, okay. (laughs) Yes. You can argue anything, but I mean, like, to be honest, I don't have to keep any packing material for that on, on hand. You know what I'm saying? That's a pretty large uh, item. I don't have room for storing packing items anyway, only for the small stuff like on boards and the little plaques and stuff like that I could do. I don't have to worry about a bunch of bubble wrap and all this other nonsense. And it just, if the client wants to pay it and they say, okay, great. If they don't, then I'll do it myself and and we'll see how that goes. Um, haven't really had any issues with it only just once, but you know, once that happens, you always kind of paranoid about it. So talking about shipping, I did ship something down to mass. Uh, it was one of my first uh, sales on a website. Um, guy talked to me for a couple of days, ended up purchasing a little uh, army first shirt uh, plaque and uh, set that out. And he got that today, he commented back saying he loved it, which is always good to hear. I delivered the military working dog plaque, which they absolutely loved. They were blown away by. Um, I can't wait to share that with everybody. Um, it's amazing the stuff you learn through the years. Uh, the first one I did for them, um, I had to deal with the choker chain and the regular dog collar. Um, and I I did it in such a way where it looked good. But I remember how I did it. And the way I did it, this is completely different. And it looks so much better in my eyes. More professional. We'll just put it that way. I was extremely happy with how that turned out. What else have we got going on? 3D printing. So I got the 3D printer uh, up and running, and I've been developing some stuff. Actually, Nap and during his shop talk, and has some things I am developing that will help laser enthusiasts uh, align their projects. And I'll leave it at that. Um, I'm pretty close to going ahead and putting it on my page and for sale. I just have to do a couple more uh, test trials to ensure that I have enough uh, staying power and the magnets will not come out. And then I've been working on... Stay? What, what power? Staying power, where it, it will hold. It's a, not hold down, but it's basically a uh, a way to align your projects on the actual the grate. Pretty much you're making sure your earth magnets are extremely powerful and they don't move on yes. a simple bump. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, okay. um, I want them. I, I, I don't guess. want them where they lift up, but I want it so that like you can place an item down, align it. And go because <clears throat> sometimes, especially in the coming months, we're going to be doing a lot of repetition. I, I'm guessing for Christmas ornaments and stuff like that. We're working actually with a company right now for we're hoping a pretty large order of Christmas ornaments. I have to design uh, three different designs, and then might do a hundred company each. Um, I'm not going to release it yet. I don't have the sale. All right, and, you can uh, just tell me what's co- what company. No. Nah. Uh, no, we don't my, my wife's working it and I'm not going to steal that away from her. Um, but, uh, it's something we did the same company in the past. If you want to look through all my posts and like them, Nick, go ahead. Yeah. So we got that going on. We just have a bunch of stuff, uh, the designing stuff. I actually found a program that's pretty easy for me to design and I don't have a learning curve, the size of Texas. So I was able to knock out a whole bunch of stuff. I have some, uh, blade storage ideas, um, just a whole bunch of things I'm fabricating. And, uh, once it's ready to go and it's working in my shop, I'll be releasing. Oh, I got a new blade for the table saw. It was about time. I, <laughs> I definitely needed a new one. It's a, a glue line cut blade, uh, feud. So, uh, that's a game changer. Um, basically so really quick. I, I was looking through your posts. I found it. Um, how are you going to make Christmas ornaments for preparation H? Um, it's pretty easy. 
It looks it looks uh, like a tube, yeah. and you squeeze out in a little uh, on yeah. a fingertip. I figured <clears throat> you probably just have what like a bunch of like starfishes in the middle. Yeah, we could do that too. Um, I mean, like there's a hundred different ideas. I have at least three designs up by the end of the week. That was fast. I'm actually uh, I'm impressed. <clears throat> you sure it wasn't your page though? On the whole, I feel Preparation H is probably one of the best um, best companies you could probably produce stuff for. <laughs> what? It's a project you stand by, man. Power to you. Like a project you can sit with. I'm just saying. Yeah, there you go. Um, what else here? I'm knocking some projects out. I got to deliver quite a few. Not having that many orders, but I'm having enough to keep me busy. And uh, I'm able to design some stuff. Stuff I've been wanting to do that I've been sitting on for quite a while. I'm just knocking out. And that's a lot of the fabrication stuff. So uh, I'm pretty happy with how that's coming. Um it will surprise you how many um, trials you have to go through to make things work the way you need them to. Um, I have a whole entire bucket up here <clears throat> full of mistakes. It was one of those things where like, it was necessary because uh, we're talking about millimeters and making sure the fit is just right. Because uh, if you're going to sell something and fabricate something like that, you uh, have to ensure that, you know, it's going to work for everybody. I'm pretty proud of that process just for the fact of uh, it's something I've been wanting to do. I want to monetize the 3D printer. You know, it looks like I might be able to do that here soon. So Do it, bro. How many 3D printers you got now, too? Um, I have one filament and one resin. Um, the resin, I probably want to get into like the D&D market or like um, uh, something Dungeons like that. Be- yeah, because like the... The resin printer is very fine detail. Um, so you okay. can get um, figurines and stuff like that, and it's faster than the filament. Um, so if I dip into that, I mean, I think there's a pretty good uh, money pool in there. But it's getting into that, and I don't do any of that, so it's even harder. I have to find someone that does and then have them exposed to the work I do and go forth and so on. <clears throat> so... Uh, it's basically a slow process just because, uh, oh, figuring out as I go. So, but, uh, yeah, other than that, that ends shop talk for myself. I'm hoping to secure some more orders here soon, but nothing on the horizon quite yet. You guys got any good topic ideas? Um, yeah, absolutely. So when you're batching out small items, such as dungeons and dragons, figurines, or Christmas ornaments, that like that's what I'm working on right now. How do you typically, how many do you do at a time or do you do smaller batches so you can start finishing until you get to a point where you can start doing larger batches while, while you're finishing the rest? I'm talking about um, maximizing your, your, yeah. your time. Personally, when I am batching out anything, um, when one machine's working, I try to be doing something else. So like, even if, like the first batch for whatever reason they wanted 10 and then the next one they wanted a hundred. Um, I'd be finishing up those 10, letting them dry or tying the, the little uh, piece on there to hold the ornaments up, whatever. Um, while the machine's going, because once that's done, I can start a new project or I can clean the shop up a little bit and then the hundred gets done and I just keep going. If I'm sitting still not doing anything in the shop, I'm not making money. So nap. What about you, buddy? I'm, I'm normally typically doing smaller 
smaller quantities, like kind of like you were saying, like to finish stuff as I go. Uh, one of the one project I did in the past, I think it was shoot, I think it was around like two hundred, like co- not coasters. They were coaster size. They weren't meant to be coasters though. Um, I did, I think I want to say maybe 20 at a time because, you know, while 20 got done on that first batch, cause you know, you're waiting for the first batch to get done. I could throw the next 20 on and I'm already routing, sanding all these things. And I'm at the point of, I'm putting the finish on by the time the next 20 came out. Um, that was probably the best way to do it. Uh, I'm sure there's a better way, but I mean, it's kind of, I'm not saying difficult, but I will say in really recent past, like for example, those glasses, um, there's not much finish work to do other than like, you know, sanding off, not sanding, but using that quadruple zero steel wool to like get rid of like the shards and everything. But I noticed when you start getting like a large pile of like stuff that you know, you have to start doing the next step on, it starts to get daunting and you're just like, this sucks. Like mm-hmm. here in the middle of like, you get like, let's say a hundred coasters. Right. And you're like, I've really got a route and sand all 100 of these. This That's is I have hired my brother, dude. <laughs> well, you know, my brother, my brother's one's in Texas and one is well in an undisclosed location. And I can't just have them over. I wish I could. Um, but no, I've been enlisting the wife to do things, but I don't think she wants to sand her life away to be honest with you. Oh, um, does, I don't blame does her. anyone. No, actually, I commend your brother for doing the sanding and all those things because that's like the one part I hate the most. Like even with my Merca, I, you know, it's still fun to sand sometimes, but I just hate sanding. Just period. <laughs> we spend a lot of money to reduce sanding. Just just think about that. There's a lot of machines we have in our shop and a lot of tools that we spend a lot of money on to make sanding better because it sucks that much. Yes, that's true. Absolutely. That is true. That is true. So I did when I did hire my brother, I had to train him on what I wanted. And once I trained him on on that, then it was just like, but it, it's a force multiplier, dude. I'm telling you, you get somebody in there who, I mean, obviously I paid him well for his time, but you know, you, there's you so much him. more. <laughs> I fed him. I well, no, I mean, he ate dinner with the family, and then and you know we. I paid him well and uh, he probably ended up getting probably close to like, like three days worth of like three days worth of eight hour shifts. You know what I mean? Oh, nice. Worth of work. So he, and, and I made a good profit. He made some extra money. He made more money than he would have made at his normal job. He didn't really have to do much except stand there and sand, listen to his music. So he was happy. I was happy. But oh, so when I'm batching stuff out though, it does occur to me that like when that first wave of things are going i don't like to wait to finish i like to like if it's just me i'll do like 25 christmas ornaments at a time on the laser front front and then backside pull those off i'll start finishing those put the next well i'll put the tw- next 25 on hit go i'll start finishing the first 25 and this way it's a constant cycle i still have yet to find a number that is I probably could have done them all at once, but like Nap said, <laughs> it gets pretty. When you're doing like hundreds, it gets pretty, pretty daunting, pretty tedious. You know, you're like, oh man, only 250 left. <laughs> all right, only 249 <laughs> left. We're almost there. 
All right. So no, but like quality control too. That's another thing. It's like, so I've noticed a couple of voids in the, in the Baltic birch I was using. So mm-hmm. I then have to tag on an extra, uh, for every one that I throw out, I got to put another one on the, on the laser, but I tried to, there's no way of telling whether you're going to get a, a, a dirty or a bad void inside of the plywood until after it's etched. So it is a waste of time. That is like a time waster. Have you ever noticed that Josh, you get like, you're like carving something or not carving, but etching something. And you're like, man, there's a nasty void in that plywood. Now I got to like, got to stop the job or, or you just let it go. Right. Cause it's going to do, do them all. And then um, just depending on how you're doing it and you're like, Oh man, I got to throw this one out and do it again. It's just an extra time waste. Well, yeah, it's like anything, like <clears throat> anything with lasering or the CNC when something messes up, you have the, you can stop right now. You might be able to fix it later. Or like if you're doing multiple cutouts or whatever, you're probably gonna have to toss it and just redo it. That's the, like, that's the one thing I wish this, uh, the laser had a little bit better was like a way for it, like the CNC. When I put something down, I can, I guess it does have that in Lightburn. If you do mess with the settings enough, you could return to the same position and whatnot. But like, uh, I like the homing switch. Like, like you set yeah. your origin and then you hit mm-hmm. reset. It'll go, it'll automatically go to that, that, like, yes, that it last does. Node. And that's, that's, yeah. It, Lightburn is pretty ingenious. There's a lot of settings in there. Um, if you look for them, um, unfortunately it's one of those things where you don't really look until you need, um, and a lot I'm of talking the about stuff, the Ruida controller. Oh yeah. In general. Yes. The yeah. homing, uh, is you can reset the whole entire laser, turn it off, turn it back on. It'll go back right where you're working. Hey, so sorry. I caught the tail end of that. So I learned something about that. All right. Well, you about going share, back you to your wanna... starting position other than hitting reset or starting the whole laser over. Yeah. Yeah. So, if you hit the origin button on your laser, it sets your origin, correct? Yeah. There's this awesome button on Lightburn. It's go to origin. It goes right back, right where you started. I was like, no way. Yeah. Like, legit, I've done it, and I was like, how have I been doing this this long? And it didn't even occur to me to hit that button. Literally, don't have to restart it, nothing. Why would you need to go to, why would you need the button, though, if you have an origin button? I mean, like, I get it. If say the origin on your on your Rita controller isn't working or something like that, or say you're closer to the computer, that sets your origin. When you hit origin on your Rita, no, no, you hit reset on your on your Rita and it goes to your origin. Yeah, but it goes all the way to homing first and then goes back. That's true. If you just hit go to origin on Lightburn, it just like let's say let's say you're moving it out of the way and you just want to set the next piece, but you don't want to hit reset. You could literally just hit the Lightburn go to origin and it literally goes right back to where it started instead of doing redoing an entire homing sequence i use that a lot with my diode those settings um because i would you know repeat orders or whatnot and i would have my own spoil board if you will and i could you know place things in and it was repeatable that's why i was missing a lot with uh the bigger lasers hopefully that'll be a th- thing of the past here soon uh i noticed that uh, I, I did a couple of things this weekend. I forgot to mention during the shop, but regarding the laser, I I'm aligned the mirrors and I got it. It is perfect. Like I, as far as the eye can see, I'm sure. Oh my goodness, man! It is absolutely dead center of each piece of tape, all the way from front, back, side to side, and 
I found a happy medium. I did realize that the bed dips, though. The bed has a dip in it. It's really weird. And I started noticing, like, because I would have, like, plywood on the honeycomb. And there might be something. I haven't I haven't investigated underneath the honeycomb yet. But there might be something lifting part part of it up. Or, no, there wouldn't be. I don't know why no, it does slats. that. Dude. Do you have enough slats in yeah, there? So I have, I have all, the sl- all the slats. I love slats. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I've got all the slats. But it's not parallel in, like, the front the bottom closest corner, it's not mm-hmm. parallel to mm. the rest of, to the, to the gantry, like the rest of the, uh, you know how you fix that actually. So I've had uh, that happen. How you do that. Okay. So what you're going to end up doing is you're going to actually turn your laser off. Okay. So there's no power to that particular yeah. spot. You're going to hand crank that corner up on that. You're going to have to grab the bearing. Cause I've done this on mine. You're actually going to have to hand crank that side up until it's, it's level. Okay. I did. I realized this. Okay. So I accidentally in the middle of me, when I first got here, my not, and I was unpacking my laser, I put too much weight on the actual Z and I, and I actually pushed part of my bed down by accident. And I actually had to ro- hand rotate that thing up. And it's, it's going to be difficult. Okay. But it's totally doable. Uh, there might be an easier way to hand rotate. There might be maybe like an apex or, a, um, Allen key or something that you can use to crank that side up, but mm-hmm. that that's how you fix that. And that could have honestly, Nick, but always been there. And you just never noticed till now. Yeah. Um, maybe from when shipping, because you know when they ship and they have all the stuff inside the laser when they ship it, yeah. and, and that that's just something that will happen. I got a new I got a new shroud for the laser today. It showed up. Heck oh, yeah. nice. Yeah. So uh, my laser shroud was cracked, and the uh, acrylic on it was cracked, and it messed up. Pretty much the entire sh- entire shroud. Just got a hold of Omtech and let them know my laser is still under warranty. So they sourced one. It took a little while because they had to go to the Orient or China, whatever you want to call it, and um, they had it sent to me. And I was like, "Fantastic!" It was like freighted to me. I showed up. It was sitting in a pallet on my driveway. I'm like, "What's this?" And then I then I look, and it's a big old sheet of acrylic that's like bent the way it's supposed to be and it's got it's even got the frame in it so oh nice gonna, yeah so i don't have to remove the just the old acrylic i'll take the this just the screws out of the the hinges and the, the screws off of the um what do you call them the pistons that hold it up yeah mm-hmm. and just put the new one on and do that yeah it'll be good to go look like that a brand new great. machine yeah do you know i i heard um did you see that matt voltner's laser took a dump on him it did, and it may or may not have been because something may have contacted said screen. Um, I will say uh, that. Don't is, call him out. Don't call him out. No, yeah, he it happens. Out. Listen, no, it, it happens. He already said it on his Instagram. Okay. It, listen, this stuff happens, folks, in your shop when you're moving stuff around and just things hit, fall, whatever the case may be. I'm going to tell you what. It is like the most unfortunate thing when stuff like that happens. Hopefully, his laser uh, fix is a swift one uh if not you know matt you can always get in touch with us you know we can always get you an omtech you know it's always a thing yeah we'll, um, we'll get we'll hook you up with our, our promo code and all that stuff matt i'm just saying oh i also i also got a voltner woodworking hat yesterday nice. nice i know everybody's like why don't you have any of your own stuff well it's not how i operate i wear everybody else's stuff yeah, it's like, like you already oh. know who i am now you can do know you, what everyone else is people are like oh you 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 own a woodworking company i'm like yeah they're like is it it's 
is that your logo? I'm like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's my buddies. The same thing. So I have AJ's flag hanging at work mm-hmm. and everybody knows I'm a woodworker and they're like, oh, sweet. You're a woodworker. Oh, wow. Did you make that flag? I'm like, nope. <laughs> well, why do you have it? Like, don't, don't you worry about that. Support, I had a buddy make it for makers. me because I thought it was cool. So oh, That's the best yeah. thing about this community. Everyone has their little niche and... Hell, I got Josh's hammer, which, by the way, Josh, I did use the hell out of the hammer the other day. She survived. Talk, talk about hammers. I uh, I actually broke one of my mini mallets. Uh, that I one of the first ones I made. What did you do? Oh, it's just out of use. I mean, like, it, believe me, <laughs> I'm surprised it lasted as long as it did. Handle uh, up. There you go. <laughs> long story short, I glued up a new uh new mallet. I just need to put the handle in, but uh, uh, it, I'm telling you, it. having yeah, I'm feeding right into you, and it's great. But um, having a normal size mallet and then a smaller size mallet is just great to have in the shop. I have actually, let's see, one, two, three, four, and soon be five mallets. Um, you know, I find if the mallet's across the room and you're in a pinch, a piece of scrap wood will do the job. So will your phone. Yeah, that's true. Your phone will do the job, but I wouldn't expect your phone to work after that. <laughs> so, but I did, I did beat the hell out of something, Josh, with the amount you made me, and uh, yeah, it was, it was good. Did it feel good? Say, what I, I'm not going to tell you what I beat the hell out of with it, but I, I did beat something. <laughs> Wasn't anything living? Right? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, Just no, actually, so, so believe it or not, so I didn't want to use like any of the metal hammers I had, but I was in the middle of doing like my dust collection stuff. And mm-hmm. the head of the mallet that you gave me was large enough to where I was able to smack the hell out of a four-inch piece of PVC. And, you know, PVC is a little more resilient than wood. And I'm going to tell you what, not a single, like, dent or anything. That thing just, it absorbed and ate all of the, uh, we'll just say all of the, what is the impact that I put, put oh, behind man, it. Oh, man, I so, think it's a blows. <laughs> nope. And the, I was going to see the mustache perk up. <laughs> oh my gosh you guys are need to get your heads out of the gutters this is ridiculous. yeah Nick, your your, so, your freaking head is in the, the biggest gutter possible i mean look uh, at his title <laughs> free mustache rides i mean like it says it all who wants <laughs> one i do i do uh anyway. so i got a question for you guys i was in the shop and you know when I first started woodworking one of the biggest things i was nervous around tool wise was the router for some reason, the fact of ha- a bit spinning at ridiculous amount of speeds and, you know, cutting through stuff in my fingers, kind of close next to that, made me nervous. You know, tipping, whatever, small ridges, uh, rabbits, you name it. And it was just kind of funny because, you know, nowadays you th- I throw a bit in there and I use it like it's, you know, I have my glasses and everything on, but it's not a big deal anymore. And I wanted to come on here tonight to ask you guys, when you first started, what was that tool that you were just like, eh, about, like, just, you always thought twice before using it? I wouldn't say so much tool. It was the, okay, so the router table is the one thing, right? But I wouldn't say the tool because I was never really afraid of routers per se. I was afraid of the bits that I was using. Um, okay, that's so a more learned, statement, yeah. Because, okay, I could use a chamfer bit, right? And... I'd be fine. You know, it's not a big deal as long as I don't go taking like a whole quarter inch off at a time, uh, which you can do that. I just don't suggest it. I would just take the extra time to do maybe two shallower passes so you don't end up catching a chunk of the wood like maybe like I did and throw that sunbee. 
Um, I've ruined pieces that way. Um, but one of the bits that I used a while, while back that I haven't used ever since, it was really just for that one job, but I now know I have the capability. Um, is those, uh, what is it? The architectural bits. Yes. They're the ones that, so, cause they're, they're full face and you actually have to use the fence with those. Cause if you don't, um, we'll just say bad things can happen, especially with like purple heart. Um, I will say <laughs> using the router table with harder woods with like, on, was it the Jenka scale? Is that what it is? Hardness, janky, right? janky scale. Janky scale. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. Maybe Jank- I think it's, it's Jenka. Jank- this is not Scooby-Doo, man. It's, it's the <laughs> Jinkies. <laughs> no, it's, it's actually the Jankum scale. Jankum yes. scale. There you go. Tells you how um, hard the wood is. Yeah. So hard. Um, but like Jatoba and Purple Heart, those are like the two of the higher higher level ones. And I've, I always hate using my router table with those. Um, but if I were to say just tool, not so much accessory, it was a table saw. Part of the reason why I got my saw stopped, to be honest with you. Um, because I did try to like cut my finger off with my DeWalt job site saw. Because even with a riving knife, some wood, when you're cutting it, it still likes to pinch a lot on the blade, even with that riving knife, because sometimes the riving knife just doesn't do the, the trick. Um, and I've had like some kickback. I've had pieces almost go through my garage door. Um, that was like the one tool that I'm always just skeptical of using. Uh, even the table, uh, even my saw stop at times, just because like I don't check the nut after I tighten it. After, you know, when I initially put the blade in, I don't think I've ever checked it since I put that blade in there. Maybe should check it, maybe, just to make sure it's still good. I mean, obviously, it's still good. It's still working. But it still scares the hell out of me, especially when, like, you go to start the saw stop up, and it just says, nope. Like, it kind of does a quick, like, sound, and then it just stops. Something's contacting the blade. I'm like, what's contacting the blade? Like, what is going on? And I go turn it off. I start sticking my hands in there. I go start it back up, and it does, like, the whole whining noise as it comes back up. And you're like, man, this thing is just, it's just scary. Like table saws are scary in general. Like one false move, and you're you're losing fingers if you don't have something like a saw stop or whatever. You know, it's it's funny. My uh, my son did something in the shop. I literally like to be fair. The CNC was going. He was using the vacuum. Had headphones on, and like there was a lot of things in this error chain. But he, he looks at me and he's about to do something. I'm like, do not do that. And then he does it anyway. <laughs> and I explained to him for like, uh, he's still young. He's still learning, but I try to part upon him. Everything in our shop, everything in our shop could take a finger or more. If mm. you think about it, like everything we have can like mortally wound you or at least take an appendage or your hand or something or grind it, whatever. Like, I, I it just, it's amazing the stuff we deal with and we do it like we can go out there for 12 plus hours all day making a project. You know what I'm saying? It'd be two o'clock at night and we're doing this and we're working with these machines and we do it safely enough. I mean, we still have our fingers stuck at wood, but I mean, like we do this and it doesn't phase you. Like it's not that you're being complacent. It's just like, you know, it could hurt you. You're careful, but like, it's just like, Oh, okay. I'm going to go, you know, shove a piece through the table saw, you know, bandsaw, all this stuff. If you take it back and you kind of look at it from like my son's point of view, 
telling him that like everything in the shop could take a finger was just kind of like I sat back. I'm like, you know what? That, that's absolutely true. Even a damn chisel. <laughs> I mean, like it's amazing. Don't even get me started with chisels. I've done such dumb <clears throat> things with chisels. Like, oh, like art. I, I don't you know put, what you yeah, mean. You put your, yeah, you put your hands in the wrong place when you're using a chisel, and that some bee slips, and it's like, sharp. Like, Woo! Let me tell you <laughs> what I found is extremely sharp. It's a fabric slicer. It's like a little pizza roll. And yeah. it's like, yeah, I got me today, and it, it hurt so bad I threw the thing. I kind of like tossed it, and I'm like, ooh. Like, stuck in you. the wall. But I super glued it, and I kept moving on, but you thing know, was sharp. The before Nick gives his, I said that I was thinking about it when you said bandsaw. That is the tool I actually fear the most right now in my shop. That no matter how I use it, I fear a bandsaw. I do really because I've yet to have my bandsaw work the correct way, and there's no safety to that damn thing. You slip once feeding anything, you're taking something off for sure. Well, watch you use a push what stick. The, like yeah, I what do. the hell are you doing? I do. Okay, first of all, this is not a push weird stick. Looks. No, okay. So yeah, you guys give me weird tries. looks because you guys use bandsaws <laughs> more than I do. You both have used bigger bandsaws more than I have. My experience with a bandsaw is two resaws, and that's about it. So what? while I use a push block, a push stick, or any of those things, it doesn't freaking matter. You slip once in that thing, and you're hosed. hosed well, how big are your stripes thickness-wise for your shadow blocks? Push, I push that bitch through the table saw, first of all. Um, you resaw on the table saw? If it's if it's small enough, yeah. Uh uh-uh, uh uh uh. That scared well, me. No wonder. No, I mean, I'm, my bandsaw is also the most expensive paperweight I have in the garage right now because it's still not fixed. So you gotta be using that more. You're losing a lot of material if you're using the. Uh, I mean, yeah, like yeah. I use my bandsaw to cut out stuff. I use it for resawing. I use it because I just so like you, having it. You on. guys are lecturing me on material usage, but I'm not cutting, you know, full ass boards either. I'm doing small stuff. Like I'm not taking full four foot pieces and throwing it through the table saw. Well, me either. I usually only do about 18 inches. <laughs> I'm serious. So my shadow boxes are roughly 18 inches wide. So I'll take a piece of 18 inch walnut and I'll resaw that bitch twice. And yep. then now I have, uh, I'll send it through the planer, smooth it out. And then now I have enough, enough material. Yeah, but how thick are your boards when you're first starting? Uh, four quarter. Yeah. Really? So your the wall in your shadow pers- boxes are that shallow? What are you talking about? I'm, the walnut is the is the ornamentation on top. Oh, I thought you were talking uh, about the sides. I'm like, what are you talking about? Yeah, me about? too. I was oh. totally confused there. I'm like, how the hell did you no, manage no, that? No, I'm talking about for like stripes and any ornamentation. Yeah, on top I agree. For the stripes, I do the same. I, I I take the uh the walnut and I resaw it, and that's where I get my stripes, and it looks better. And it just, I don't know, so much easier. Y'all, y'all need to be working with some acrylic more, by the way. Mm, no. Yeah, dude. Don't. I'm telling that mirrored acrylic, it replicates a lot of different things. Oh, I'm sure it does. But again, you're, that's your niche. I'm, I'm more of just wood on wood, and I'm just now dabbling in the acrylic stuff. Bro, I'm so. telling you, get yourself a piece of mirrored acrylic, cut yourself out a pocket rocket, take that thing, slap it on a piece of wood, that's that's uh clear coated or whatever like clear coated walnut which looks really pretty because it's sure you see all the grain slap like slap it on there bring it into work and just set it on your desk and see who says something because it'll look exactly like the one you guys and listen i'm not telling you it's bad i'm just not there yet i got a rocket in my pocket yeah i haven't had a job that required it or you know i've offered different things to people and some people don't want it it's weird 
different clients know what they want. Like this uh, last one, they want it painted because I did a painted one in the past. They saw that and they really like it. And I'm like, Hey, I got, I could do this now. And they're like, no, <laughs> no. Are you sure? Paint. Cause I really hate painting. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much how that goes. In fact, I had to uh, order some more masking material because I haven't masked a project in so long because I haven't had a need for it, but well, it is what it is. Uh, what are we talking about again? Oh, we're just talking about tools that scare and that's, uh, and when you first started. All right, tools that we're afraid of. I, I, I know I have a tool that I'm afraid of or that I was afraid of when I first started. You use it fine now, right? No, okay. So the joiner, I'm still, I'm still always super, super careful around the joiner because when you're putting bo- – like – always got to be cognizant of where my fingers are when I'm pushing something like my forward fingers, my forward hand is when I'm pushing something down through like to, to edge joint. Uh, and even, uh, okay. On dado stacks too. Dado stacks are always like, dado I'm stacks. like, bro, if I, if I hit this dado stack, um, you know, even though that I have a saw stop, it's still like for one, so, the dado stacks expensive for two. Yes. If I trip that blade break, I ruin like, I'm out like 350 bucks. You know what I mean? And potentially, potentially the arbor on the saw. Cause that's a lot of, that's a lot of freaking yeah, carbide. Is, that's data Does anyone, when they turn their data stack on, stand to the side? I know I do. I turn it on. I turn that I thing let, on and I wait. I wait for yep, like 30 seconds. I wait till it gets spun shit. up. And then I'm like, okay, <laughs> it looks like nothing's going to go flying. I'm going to go ahead and use it. Oh, another thing. So I'm not necessarily afraid of, hitting myself with a palm router, but you know, those bearings at the bottoms of the ones that ride along the side of, yeah. of, yeah. So I always, always like just double check that that thing is snug. Cause it is not fun thinking about the whole, the whole time. Like, okay, if this bearing falls off, guess what? Who, who had an issue with that? Where the bearing came off? I, that's the guy. Well, okay. Okay. To be fair. Okay. So the first one, was it because the bearing came off? It's because I didn't set the bearing low enough to ride against the material. But the one I did have, the bearing actually, so it was a smaller router bit. The bearing uh, where it's it's welded together or whatever to keep it together in a little ring, it actually came undone. Like the bearing split, and yeah. then I just watched it dig. And I was like, what, what, what happened? Like, no. <laughs> like, I was, I was at the end. Yeah, so people people always ask me though, like when I'm doing like chamfers and my flags and stuff like that, they're like, "Do you use a V bit to get that groove?" No way, no way. And I'll tell you why: it's faster to do it before you glue up the pieces than to to do a v, run a V bit pass, I believe. All right, and two is once you glue up all the pieces, and if you say you didn't chamfer them. Um, the, your clamps might pull something out of wonk. It might not be, uh, it might not be evident to the naked eye that your, your flag's not completely like all the stripes aren't completely parallel, but like when you clamp it up, up and down the line, it might be like, you might be, um, some of the boards might be bowed a little bit. You know what I mean? Um, some of the, some of the planks might be, um, I don't know. It, it, it just it never works mean. out for me. It never works out for yeah. me. And the V the V bit passes 
that I've tried it one time and it, it ended up looking like booty. So I was like, nope, never again. Not doing it. Well, it's because when you're doing it on a router table, even if there's a slight bow in the stripe or anything really that you're doing, it's going to be consistent because you're the other way when, you, when you're riding against that bearing. But then when you're doing the V-bit thing, we know as well as anybody on a CNC, if the piece isn't completely flat, you're always going to get that different depth of cut depending flat. on... That's not what I'm it's talking about, though. I'm talking about it looks like you're – like say you're doing a uh, American flag sure. glue up, and you glue all the stripes together, end it, end it, end it, end, right? Mm-hmm. Um, when you're done, there is – there is in my case, there is always some variation where the stripes aren't always completely parallel to each other for some reason. It's like you can measure one side of the flag, and it, it, it should they should match each other perfectly, right? And they usually do, but I don't know whether it's like if you you're pulling with the clamps and it's actually bending the pieces or whatnot, or if it's that's possible. Pre- yeah, you so I've put- always had it to where I I would and I would always line up the I would always make sure I I squared up my CNC and everything like that before I tried it because I thought that's how it was done. I mean, I guess you could do it if you if you if you have a material that's not flexible like wood and doesn't expand and, and contrast like contract like that. But I, I mean like MDF maybe, I don't know. I I'm don't sure know. Ben, I'm sure Ben can learn you up. Cause that he's yeah, uh, I'm a man of roundovers. And cha- yeah. I'm waiting for it to pop up. He's a man of roundovers and chamfers on his CNC. He's probably the man to talk to you probably for the process on that, but that measuring measuring too, if you're off like, a C here on the measurement where the seam is in between. <laughs> yeah. You could always uh, make it look stupid. Uh, but hey, man, um, I think that's pretty good for tonight. If you guys want to start wrapping up, you want to start with our yeah. sponsors. Yeah, absolutely. So if you like this episode of the Sawdust Nation podcast, thank our sponsors by using the these promo codes on their websites. So check out PWNCNC. This episode has been brought to you by Daniel over there. And he's the president, CEO, and HMFIC of PWNCNC. Um, PWNCNC.com has some of the best aftermarket CNC accessories. So check them out and use our promo code SAWDUSTNATION981 to get 10% off your entire order. I would also like to thank Total Boat for your continued support. You guys are rocking it with all of that Halcyon and the epoxies. So if you want a 10% off promo code from Total Boat, slide into the Sawdust Nation podcast dms i'd also like to thank our affiliates omtech you guys are awesome thanks for helping support the podcast as well as makerstock.com so if you want 10 percent off your initial order at makerstock.com use promo code sawdust 10 and nap hey it's me sorry i got a package my son put it in the office anyways uh so if you're listening to us on no apple podcast spotify uh, whatever other podcast catchers, Pandora, any of those things, uh, go let's give us five stars. And if you don't, let us know why, because we can't give you what you want, what you really, really want. Uh, but if you do leave us five stars, go ahead and still leave us feedback. Maybe give us some topic ideas. Uh, get a hold of us. Um, how do you get a hold of us, Josh? Well, if you are an Instagram, it's very easy. We have four different ways you can get a hold of us. You can go ahead and reach us at South Nation Podcast on Instagram. Shoot us a message. You don't ever know who's going to answer, but that's half the fun. And if you want to message us individually, you can go ahead and do that by getting a hold of Nick from NPG Creations, Nap from Naps, Naughty Works LLC, or Josh from North Country Woodworking. We'll be happy to answer your questions, talk shop, you know, give us topic ideas on there. Go ahead. But you know what? If you're not a social media fan, that's okay. 
I'm sure you have an email and you can get a hold of us at Sawdust Nation Podcast at gmail.com and do the same. You can send us a message. We'll write back. Um, you can send us voice clips for the show itself, um, talk shop, what have you. We'd love to hear from you. But the ultimate way to be part of this podcast and interact is become a Patreon. Our Patreons on the third tier get to interact with us every live show. They get two entries in every giveaway and a bunch of different other great benefits. We love having them on the show. It's a lot. If you hear us laughing randomly, it's probably because of our Patreons. And some of the topic ideas that we talk about are generated from what they're saying. So if you love the show, all you have to do is become a Patreon. And with that, let's go with final words, starting with that. Yeah, folks. So as always, I'll start out like how Nick does. As always, uh, keep taking care of each other. But on a real note, Instagram is always open. I've been getting hit up quite a bit lately, uh, just asking for laser help and all these things. And I never skip a beat. Hell, I'm even doing this when I'm at work, when I got a spare moment, uh, just helping people out. Uh, just keep doing that because the only way this community gets stronger is if we keep helping each other out. And hey, you never know when you might need help with something. And sometimes those people might have the answers. And you just don't want to be, you know, don't be a dick and just be like, nah, you know, you're going to have to, you know, pay me for that or whatever the case may be. Uh, and, and just for the PG version, don't be uh, don't be mean and uh, <laughs> and not help those people out uh, and, you know, try to charge your money for it or anything like that. Uh, but, yeah, just keep helping each other folks and uh, keep making the community stronger. I'm going to pass on over to Nick. All right, folks, like always, take care of yourselves and each other. And remember, if you eat those cherry stems, they come out the other end tied. You not. <laughs> you know, I had a joke, too, but I was going to tell it at the very end, you know, because Patreon stuff, you know. Oh, hey, did you did you guys hear that they're not making yardsticks any longer? No. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> those are dad jokes if I've ever heard them. Anyway, thank you guys for joining us for the 122nd episode. We love getting on here, talking shop, and just having a good time. You know, you can listen to us on the way to work. You can listen to us making a cup of coffee. You can listen to us basically in the shop, working out. We don't care where you listen to us. We just want to whisper in your ear. And with that, go make some sawdust. Have a good time. Keep your digits. And Sawdust Nation out. Guess what? What has 128 teeth and holds back a monster? My zipper. Yes, my zipper. Yeah. So, do you guys know that? So, I had a friend who drowned. So, his first funeral, we put a life preserver on his coffin. It's what he would have wanted.